0: I'm Brian Lee, one of the content creators for the UAMS Institute for Digital Health and Innovation and the South Central Telehealth Resource Center. Welcome to Telehealth Talk. People new to the world of digital health eventually come to ask the question, how can digital health help me? Well, today, we're gonna share two ways digital health can help you. One, in the way of preventive care and monitoring. The other, in a way that makes a difference during a time when every second counts. I can't wait to share this with you stay with us imagine if you were just recently released from the hospital from a bad injury and making trips every week to visit your doctor for checkups is an extremely painful experience or what if you're homebound and regular visits to your doctor is just out of the question well what do you do well amanda a monitoring nurse with home health visiting services in Saco, Maine, has a solution.
1: We do telehealth monitoring um, for patients, um, just so that they can get their vital signs from home, and we um, connect them to, you know, services, physicians, um, help them out, and you know, make sure they're doing okay every day usually we do chf patients um copd we do diabetes um, anybody who's usually they're homebound in their home um, or just anybody that needs monitoring with their vital signs every day of patients who have just gotten out of the hospital that really need that monitoring every day by a nurse
0: that's catherine little river So much to keep log as well as having it equipment because I can keep the head of how my
1: blood pressure, my heart rate, my oxygen, my weight, and everything. I, you know, I can keep right up on that every day. The comfort of knowing that they have a nurse they can call um, seven days a week for us. You know, holidays, everything they can call us. Um, they know that somebody's watching their vitals, even if they. Don't want to call us. They know somebody's there. Um, it gives them a peace of mind. Sometimes if they feel anxious and they just want to check their oxygen level, they have that equipment available to them in their home. Lately, we've been taking care of a lot of um, patients that have had cardiac surgery, and a few of those patients, I can think of just one um, that had really high blood pressures for a week after. So just you know, going back and forth with him, he was very thankful that he had us, you know, looking at his vitals and we, you know, we got his medications changed from, you know, talking with the surgeon and um, so he, you know, he only had our equipment for a few weeks, but he, you know, was very appreciative and we got his blood pressures under control. He would not have known he had, you know, high blood pressures if he didn't have our equipment.
0: Another way digital health can help you is during an emergency. But in this scenario, it isn't a normal emergency situation. How do first responders and ER staff deal with an auto accident patient who is deaf and hard of hearing? Let me introduce you to the Pine Tree Society Interpreting Referral Service in Scarborough, Maine, and how they assist deaf and hard of hearing people in the moments where every second counts.
2: Here's Douglas Newton. We view using this technology to provide video remote interpreting as one of the pieces to the the access puzzle. And we started working with a committee with representatives from um, different hospitals and the governor's office and other interested stakeholders um, and started talking about how we might use telehealth and video conferencing technology to improve services that are provided to people who are deaf and hard of hearing. The challenge, particularly in a rural state like Maine, is how do you access interpreting services for people who live in the very rural areas of the state? And so hospitals were challenged. they they get a patient come in and they wouldn't have access to interpreting services. We have interpreters, but if it takes four hours to drive there, Um, then the patient is sitting waiting and in emergency situations that gets very difficult so so we've learned over the years that there are different applications where VRI works very well and one of them is a triage setting where the hospital needs to do the assessment right away so the way it works is that a deaf person comes into the emergency room there's a provider that they they have to communicate with those two people don't use the same language so they need to to connect to an interpreter who, who does who can interpret those between those two languages and so um, they connect to a remote site where an interpreter is when we're communi- communicating with people we are accessing a variety of cues and and some of them are visual and it's not just spoken language some of the outcomes that that we hope will happen is that that deaf and hard of hearing patients can access medical care in their local community and not have to travel to a larger facility that has access to more interpreting resources. I can remember the first time that we connected to a medium-sized hospital up in the county, um, and the deaf person said, well, where are you? And I said, well, we're in Scarborough. You're kidding, you're that far away when they hadn't really had access to interpreting services until that point. So, um, you know, I, th- I think that it's making interpreting services more accessible on a daily basis.
0: Let's keep the conversation going. You can find and follow us on Twitter at LearnTelehealth, on Facebook, the same name, LearnTelehealth, and you can always leave us an email at infolearntelehealth.org. Thanks for listening.